You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a victorious edition of Locked On Pelicans as the Pels beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 125-111 last night on the road. Some good and bad in that one. We'll recap that game for you. Of course, got our like daily Zion update in this one. Then we're going to take a look back. We're going to turn the page back a year and a day that infamous Anthony Davis trade announcement and talk a little bit about how the tables have turned here. And then finally, we're going to look at if the Pelicans are buyers or sellers with the trade deadline just over a week away. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So it was a 125-111 win for your New Orleans Pelicans, getting the first road victory of the Zion Williamson era. Of note, this was a sellout in Cleveland for this one. Uh, Probably first time in a long time, I would guess. And people are just very clearly excited to see Zion on the road. He is a draw and expect this to be the case in the norm throughout the rest of the season when the team is on the road. This dude is just magnetic. This was a pretty impressive game from Drew Holiday. He finished on the night with 28 points, 8 assists, 2 rebounds, 3 steals, 4 blocks as well, alongside just 1 turnover. He was 3 of 7 from deep, 11 of 16 overall, and 5 of 16 from the field. Dude was just a monster in this game. The offensive numbers there look great, but it's what he did defensively that's even more impressive. Four blocks, three steals, including guarding Kevin Love when Zion was out of the game. Love, who's got a good like six inches on him or so, and about 50 plus pounds, and Drew Holiday just straight up schooled him defensively, swatting a shot away, stealing the ball away from him, contesting makes or misses and shot attempts, and overall just giving Love an awful kind of night. Kevin Love on the night finished with 12 points, 4 of 15 shooting, including 2 of 10 from deep. Did have 6 rebounds, 3 assists. He was a minus 21. That's how bad he was in this one because Drew Holiday was all over him and all over basically everybody on the defensive side of the ball. He looked like not just first-team all-defense, but an all-world player, a first-team all-NBA guy with the performance that he put in last night. He was awesome. Brandon Ingram, also awesome in this one. 24 points on the night, 6 assists, just 1 rebound, 2 steals, 4 of 4 from deep. It was 24 points on 13 shots. He made 9 of them. This is what you wanted to see. He got a shot going and felt like he could score when Zion was out there at times. And we've seen him struggle a little bit. And so getting him to have that kind of good game and showing that these two guys can coexist and work together is what you were hoping to experience. Zion Williamson going up in minutes in this one, close to 30, played 29 minutes and 45 seconds. And it's kind of a quiet night for him. 
14 points, nine rebounds. Those 14 points on three on seven of 13 shooting. Still shooting close to 54% there, but not as usual two-thirds, the 67%. The rebounds were in particular very impressive. I'd said on, I think, yesterday's podcast, I wanted to see more defensive rebounding from him. We've seen him get his own misses, whether shots blocked or it hits iron and he recovers it, but make plays on the defensive side of the ball to stem the opponent's second chance points in offensive rebounding like we saw against the Denver Nuggets. He did it in this one. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers grabbed 14 offensive rebounds in the game and at one point kept this close early on, particularly in the first quarter, first half, because the, they were giving up, uh, the Pelicans were giving up second chance points. But they limited that after grabbing 10 offensive boards in the first half. The Cleveland Cavaliers had just four the rest of the way in the second half. That's kind of what you want to see. They limited what the, uh, the damage that the Cavs could do and kind of just wrote it to a win. Derek Favors, stout inside, 9.7 rebounds. Lonzo Ball, very out of sorts in this game. This is probably one of his worst games he's had in a while. Just five points, though seven assists and eight rebounds. Two of ten from the field, one of seven from deep. No trips to the free throw line. Four turnovers, too, alongside two steals. He did not close the second half or the end of the first half. Frank Jackson was in there instead, and Frank Jackson getting more minutes in this one because Etwan Moore was listed as questionable right before the game with neck spasms, ended up playing very well in limited minutes in that kind of Etwan Moore role. He's three of five from the field, including three of four from the free throw line, nine points on the night, uh, and showed some strong instincts to attack the basket and played pretty well in this one. Jackson Hayes off the bench, eight points, two rebounds, including one of the most insane alley-oop dunk you will see where in midair he switches the ball from one hand to the other before throwing it down. J.J. Redick, 15 points on the night, 2 of 6 from deep, 5 of 5 from the line, chipped in 3 assists, 3 rebounds, and 4 turnovers. Pels had 16 of those on the night. Not exactly what you want to see, 18 team uh, turnovers, by the way, um, but limited the damage that the Cavaliers did with that only getting 14 points off those turnovers because, well, the Cavaliers seemed pretty inept offensively, including defensively as well. Now, this one was close for a while because of the offensive rebounding in the first half, but in particular, the defense wasn't particularly great, allowing the Cavaliers to kind of attack the rim at times um, more so than you would have liked. But once they kind of set that up and closed that down, they managed to kind of just cruise despite playing bad basketball. At one point, this was an eight-point game, but even then, that's not that close. And the Pelicans kind of turned the tide of that run. Colin Sexton on the night, 24 points for the Cavaliers. You had Kevin Porter Jr. with 21 off the bench. Same with Larry Nance scoring 17 coming off the bench too. Uh, the aforementioned Kevin Love, bad night for him, 12 points on the night. This is just like the type of win the Pelicans should get. Go out. Play better than the opponent, get a win on the road, and just move on to the next one as you still kind of figure things out with Zion back in the rotation. Um, Zion, by the way, with the minutes increasing, meaning he's doing well and he's not tired out there, so he's probably, I don't know, in shape or well-conditioned if that's the case. 
Uh, saw finally sometime closing the first half in there, kind of like what they did with the Celtics game in the fourth quarter, but applying that to the second quarter as well. So seeing him out there to finish quarters or finish halves, very cool and showing you the progression that he's making. It shouldn't be too, too long till he's playing 30 plus minutes regularly. We expect for this team. So good win on the night for New Orleans. It's not escaping, but just kind of getting out of town with a 125-111 win. Thank you, Cavaliers, for not being too good. So it is officially Zion time, and that means you need to be subscribed to the Locked On Pelicans podcast wherever you get your podcast from. The only podcast here Monday through Friday for you, getting you through the work week, covering everything Pelicans and Zion related. It has been a lot of fun. It's going to continue to be a lot of fun as the Pelicans push for a playoff spot behind the number one overall pick and rookie phenom Zion Williamson. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review with a small comment takes about 30 seconds don't forget tell a friend you want them to be as informed as you are about what's going on so subscribe to locked on pelicans wherever you get your podcast from so the pelicans sit four and a half games back of the eighth seed in the western conference the memphis grizzlies who beat the denver nuggets last night or at least they're up by like 12 when i'm recording this so bear with me if somehow that doesn't end up being the case And it's interesting to note because a year and a day ago, the Pelicans were in a pretty similar spot. I think it was three and a half games back of the eighth seed with Anthony Davis on this roster. And that was when we got the infamous now Anthony Davis trade request. And all of a sudden, it just threw this team into a complete spiral that kind of sent them crashing out of the playoffs into the lottery, Uh, not out of the playoffs, but out of the race for the playoffs, and through just the weirdest second half of a season I think anyone could possibly experience in any capacity whatsoever. And look at how different things are a year ago. That type of request and trade Uh, which had me in my office bringing in my microphone to close the door so I could record an emergency podcast on it, Um, that uh, you, (laughs) uh, yeah, so it just kind of shows you in a, over the course of a year, how things can change. This should have sent this team spiraling into a massive rebuild where you're trying to shed salary, trade guys, and we're going to touch on if this team is going to do that in the next segment, whether this team is buy, is going to be a buyer or a seller at the trade deadline. Um, but it didn't due to a lot of luck, but also some good decisions to reshape the front office and significantly invest into this franchise from ownership. In a weird way, the Anthony Davis trade request, as annoying as all the fallout with that was, is a bit of a blessing in disguise. Who knows if Gail Benson would have invested into this team like she did if all of that stuff wasn't so embarrassing. If he simply just maybe keeps it quiet and basically gets traded at the end of the season in the offseason like this and you keep Dell Demps or you still fire him but don't think anything's that bad and so you don't want to invest into the organization so you don't get a guy like David Griffin who was only going to come in with those demands. But they did. And all of a sudden now you're look at you look at this team having one of the better ownership uh, resumes over the course of a year than most other teams in the league do, and it's just kind of impressive. So even when you're frustrated with losses, and like look, the Denver Nuggets loss was pretty damn frustrating to be honest. I don't know. You feel kind of better 
about this. And sometimes you need to have things kind of put into perspective for you a little bit, which maybe this past you know couple of days, given everything around the NBA has done, whether it's in our lives or whatever else, but some perspective on where the Pelicans stand right now in terms of the future looking bright compared to last year, even though it was a pretty similar situation in terms of the standings right now. Well, things are a little bit different. And this team did have a 13-game losing streak earlier in the year. They've also gone now 13-7 and since then. So they look significantly better. The future looks really bright. And it's a really fun time to be a Pelicans fan right now. So we'll get to the trade deadline, which we haven't even touched on because things are so crazy around Zion Williamson right now. And if you've been a listener of this podcast, I know you're having a lot of fun too. And I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach other sports fans like yourself. But you may not know that Locked On Pelicans is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Pelicans fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On Pelicans gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a locked on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Pelicans fans and a predominantly male audience that is well educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked on podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit locked LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. So the trade deadline is coming up next week, Thursday the 6th. And we haven't even really talked about it whatsoever here because we've kind of been enthralled in Zion mania. And I've touched on it a little bit, but not tremendously. And a question I've been getting asked about a lot on the radio is, are the Pelicans buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? Well, given that they're kind of surging right now, I think it is a little bit safe to rule out sellers in kind of a major way in terms of a Drew Holiday way. I've heard Zach Lowe mention that he could see them being sellers, but I just don't think enough is going to change in the next week that we think that'll really be the case. Maybe this game on Friday where they play the Memphis Grizzlies, the team they're basically competing with for the eighth seed right now, can kind of give you a bit of a better idea regarding it, given that there's three games remaining between those teams. But overall, I think the front office is looking at this team and going, we like what we see here. And with how easy the schedule is going forward, the easiest in the league, well then, they think they can make a significant run, so why would you sell off pieces? You know, sometimes pushing for that eighth spot is maybe more valuable than recouping another second round pick or something like that. If anything, the Pelicans probably want to get rid of a couple of picks so that they don't have too young of a roster or have to kind of wheel and deal with those things on draft day. So I don't think that the Pelicans are going to be sellers at the trade deadline. But I also don't really think they're going to be buyers. And that's, again, because this team is surging. This team is playing incredibly well. The Zion lineups are working. We didn't even really touch much on Mel- on Melly in the um, recap of the game, and he fit really well to Zion. I want to save that for another day because that is a pairing that is very intriguing to me. So I don't think they're looking to really tinker much with what they have. If all of a sudden they lose five straight maybe or you know, whatever, however many games it is until the trade deadline, maybe Redick is like, yeah, no, you've got, you've got to move me, and they will, and they'll do right by him. 
but certainly these guys are having a lot of fun right now. I think Redick and Favors are in a little bit of culture shock with this team and maybe are slightly unsettled, but I don't think it's enough so that they would get traded away. So I just think this team kind of stands pat. Maybe you tweak around the edges a little bit, but when you look at some of these guys, like who are you going to move? Each one more, which is the one we've all been including in trades because of the salary along with Darius Miller, um, might make some sense, but he's played very, very well for New Orleans. And moving Darius Miller makes some sense, maybe with a second-round pick, um, depending, and we don't know if his contract's insured or not. Um, so we don't know if the team is footing the bill or other teams are footing the bill for it necessarily. So maybe you move him and bring in someone who can actually contribute to a team that just wants to save some money and you'll attach a second round pick or two with it. But again, I don't even know if that's necessarily going to be the case or if a team just wants to eat that. So there is potential for just nothing to happen out there at the trade deadline. And in general, I think it might be kind of quiet to begin with. You've heard that Carl Anthony Towns not going to get moved. And when the two biggest guys on the market are maybe Robert Covington and Andre Drummond, it's not exactly like that's the most sexy thing, though I think Covington would be a good ad for New Orleans. But if he's kind of the, the best trade piece out there, might not be the easiest thing to do. And maybe you just don't want to overpay since certainly it seems like it could be a seller's market with so many teams looking to buy. And that's because the bottom of the Western Conference is kind of mucked up right now. The Eastern Conference is shaping up to be a bloodbath and every team probably thinks they can try and make a big run. So they're looking to make moves. So you have a lack of sellers, meaning it's going to be a lack, it's going to be a quiet trade deadline. And I just don't know where the Pelicans necessarily fit into that. I don't think they do because they've played so well recently and they want to see what they have around Zion and who works. So I think, you know, if the question is buyers or sellers, it's neither. And they're going to stand pat. Maybe, again, you get a small move around the edges. But as of today, I don't anticipate anything being big. We'll still look at it and talk about it because we've got to and there's still a lot going on. Uh, but I don't think people should set their sights way too high when it comes to um, what is going to happen out there on the trade front for New Orleans. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Much more to come the rest of the week looking at the trade deadline. Also, we're going to find out about All-Star Reserves on Thursday, so we'll talk about that on Friday. They're also going to unveil the Rising Stars game. Do the Pelicans have a number of guys in that one? Should be a fun rest of the week, so make sure you stay tuned. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.